Welcome back, everybody, to the Zoobcast, episode 24, and we're, tr- we're trying to get back to putting these out a little more often. It's been yeah. it's been a little bit. We've only had one this entire year, I guess. So <laughs> Calendar year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's give us, cut ourselves a bit of slack. We were going well for a while. Oh, yeah. No, we were, we were absolutely buzzing. And then uh, school hit. and uh, School hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Very but we're, we're, back. we're back. Exactly. Unfortunately, not with Josh this time. No, well, he's got, uh, he said he had a dinner town yeah good for him man uh, big night can't talk about the fans for an hour oh well <laughs> i wonder how he'll cope yeah all right so i mean i guess we'll start with the only really new ish rumor that's it kind of came out of nowhere yeah like it was darren dreger i think yeah and what was it that he said he said that apparently mete's agent or yeah. mete, like they've gotten permission yeah. basically to speak to other teams and apparently he'll fetch a pick. Well, I mean, it's not like he's, yeah. Like, like my, my, I don't know. I was kind of talking about this with my roommate actually the other day. Like if, if Victor Mete is not playing top six with the Ottawa senators who are like what 27th, like who's yeah. going to pick him up? Like, where is he going to be able to play anywhere? Like, it's not like he's going to go to a playoff team and play. Like, I'd be very surprised if he is able to make the roster of a playoff uh-huh. team or like a, even a team fighting for a spot. It's just, and then you're like, okay, well maybe like Arizona takes him, but Arizona, like why do they want Victor Mete? Like, how does that help them really? If like, they're I guess away it's just pick. the potential aspect, but, and like the thing is he did yeah. show, like he was good last year. Like when Shabbat yeah. was injured and all that stuff. And we had like Brandstrom and him regularly in the lineup. He was, he was doing very well. Yeah. And he, it's just, he just hasn't been the same this year. I don't know it's who, been, it's been I mean, a while he was partnered he with much. Josh Brown for a while, which you're attributing that like that's not the strongest partner. But even without Josh Brown, I've found that Victor Mete hasn't he hasn't just hadn't been very good, especially on D. And I found that he also isn't he's not using his offense as much as he was last year. Like I found like last year it was like he would jump up frequently and he would make rushes and he would go for skates. And it feels like maybe it's just because the team has been playing a lot in their own end this year, but he hasn't jumped up as much when he has played. I feel like he hasn't, he's either been restricted by the players around him or just what's going on on the ice, but it's been less effective for sure in that regard. To be fair though, the thing with Mete is that he's never been really that big of an yeah. offensive defenseman. Like last year, it was like even a little uncharacteristic of him to just, because I remember like he scored during, it was like an evening game against Vancouver, like a five o'clock game. It was really weird right in the middle of yeah. the week. And he just, yeah, he just jumped right into the rush and scored. And yeah, the thing is, that's not usually the kind of player he is. Like, you could see that back when he was playing with Montreal uh, before he came over here. He is more of a, like, a, a smaller defenseman. He's more of a two-way guy who's got okay transition. And is actually not bad defensively. But, yeah, this year is just, nothing's really worked for him. And he hasn't really been able to find a spot whatsoever. I guess the argument that you could make is that maybe he goes to a playoff team and it's a way better team around him. So he has more of an opportunity to kind of do what he's better at, but I don't know, like, why would you even really take a chance on that? Like if you're so, you know, if you're set and you're in the playoffs or you're in the race and you've got a 
you think you have good defending why would you bother even trying i guess you could say maybe there's some teams that are you know looking for maybe an extra guy or someone else to push someone but that's the only thing i could see really the the team that i think actually that i just thought about right now wouldn't be a bad place would actually be colorado just because like their system does promote a little bit of activation stuff like that so it could get Mete to play more like he did at the end of last year while still you know being hopefully returning to that solid defensive self because i mean it obviously won't cost much right no um, but it's, it's you know what's their top six right now you have Makar. Well, that's you have the Taves. thing you have yeah. yeah you have Makar taves as their top pair and then gerard um johnson is johnson playing for them uh like eric johnson i think yeah yeah, yeah, and then, don't they and have then, Jack too? Yeah, yeah, that, and that's the thing. Their bottom pair, I think, right now might be—I don't know if that's actually the lines they're rolling with—but I think it might be like Jack Johnson and Curtis McDermott. Who, that is yeah, not, yeah. like, that is not a very good like third no, pair. Fair. And yeah. the thing is, like, we've seen Colorado at the beginning of the year—they were—they had a lot of games where they didn't have either McCarr or um, either McCarr or Taves, yeah. and. I was just listening to this on the hockey PDO cast yesterday while I was shoveling. And they were talking about how without them, like they're maybe not compl- a completely different team, but they're significantly worse. Sure. So having a guy that could maybe come in and do a little better, like with, with both of them in the lineup, I think Colorado is like 30, like 33, five and two or something. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous with a yeah. plus 72 differential without them. I think they're a minus seven. Yeah, which is fair. an incredibly stark contrast. I mean, that's the thing. Over the season, they're still like, what, 87 points in 59 games so far? They basically yes. got first in the West on lock. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having Mete in there to just strengthen the bottom six just in case one of those two guys goes down. And, and just to be clear, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm going to like, we're not trying to insinuate that Victor Mete is going to replace Kale McCarr no, no, if he gets no, no. injured or anything. I'm like, saying he's going to replace one of the bottom six guys who get more exactly. minutes that you ideally don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at that point, if you're, you're Colorado, you're trading for us to a seventh defenseman, essentially, right? And in the, in the playoffs, to be fair, that is valuable. Like, you're going to get injuries or people are going to get bumped, and it's a long run. Like, we're going to assume they're going to go far. Um, so, mm-hmm. and it, you're right. It would be, I mean, like, what's the value? Like, Victor Mete's played, what, 20 games this year, if that? If that? Like, maybe not even that That's much. That's a good question. I don't know. And I don't think he's gotten, like, a crazy amount of minutes either. No, and um, his results are, are, are poor, I think. So, yeah, if you're Joe good. Sackick, like a seven, like a sixth, maybe. Like I, I, like he was a waiver claim, right? Like it's not like like they're making the Sens are, are theoretically gaining an asset from this, which is I guess you'd call it good asset management. <laughs> but I, I mean, it won't be much more than a sixth, in my opinion. I don't know how you'd be able to bargain that. If exactly, and at that price, on. you're giving yourself way more room for different combinations, which that's kind of what screwed them last year when they played Vegas in the third round, no second round, sorry. Second round, um, yeah, and. Vegas just completely stunted them. They tried to move stuff around and they couldn't. And this year they're they're like they've shown that they're already trying to change that. Like they've moved before he got injured, they were moving Landeskog off the top line to see what else could work just in case they did get into a yeah. in the playoffs again. So again, adding Victor Mete just would, you know, open up more possible combinations, give a little more depth and for like for that low a price, it it's it's probably a good bet to go for. So what we're saying is when Victor Mete gets traded to Colorado in a week we called it before yep. anybody else did and we would like the credit. So save this because it's going to happen. And it's like, we, we just outlined it. Like it's total, it makes total sense. Of course it's going to happen. It'll happen. Uh, but yeah, that's, so that's pretty much the only new rumor. Like Louis said, 
that has kind of happened since we last recorded. The Sens are still sensing, like they're still playing. Um, and they had come off of what was looking like a dreadful road trip Jeez. around. It was, okay, but here's the thing, right? They showed this the graphic on the TSN broadcast for some game of the like distance traveled. Like, what a ridiculous road trip. They go like yeah. Ottawa down all the way to Florida. And you're thinking, okay, you go do the two games and you come back. No, like ship them off to the other side of the country to play Arizona and Vegas too. And then instead of going home, you just make a pit stop in St. Louis, play a game, and then go home. Like, that's, a, that's an insane road trip, um, which started very poorly um, with a couple losses in Tampa Bay and Florida. Uh, that Florida loss in particular was I – I don't know if we talked about this last episode, if it had happened yet. but I don't think it did. I don't think it had, actually. No. But that was like – that, I won't lie. That was tough to watch. Like that was one of the more lopsided games I've seen in the last five years with, with the sense. Like what were the shots after the first? Yeah. With the other most lopsided game being when we beat Florida eight two. Yes. Obviously. This is how hockey works and everything makes sense. I think the shots after the first period were like 23 to four. Or oh, something. it was crazy. Jeez. Nuts. Forsberg was unreal in that yes. game. You really kept us in it. Um, but yeah, they lose. They lose to Florida. They lose to Tampa Bay by just losing to a better team, really. That was just you – know, they didn't even play that bad. Tampa was just – you know, you got Stamkos, Point, Sorelli, <laughs> Kucherov. Like, what are you going to do? Um, and then I don't know what happened in Arizona, but good God, that was insane. There, This is like you – could, you could make the argument that that is the worst on-ice assembled team in the last 20 years, maybe, Arizona. And first period, first, what, period and a half, it's four nothing. We're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what is going Like, we weren't, like, the Sens aren't this bad. There's no way. And then right when you're about to turn your TV off, five unanswered goals in, like, what, 15 minutes or something? Like, maybe less, because it was, like, the last, like, less. five minutes of the second and the first minute or two of the third. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, like okay <laughs> that's cool and then right when you're thinking oh they got it back on track they needed that win so badly four more goals for arizona for a very common and casual eight five win against the Sens. and i don't think any people were were too happy about that which is I, who was in net for that game was that a four it was murray game? it was a murray game yeah that's right and then he got injured i believe and in that game i don't oh maybe i don't know if it was in that game but he also had that a very unfortunate turnover oh, yeah, right after we gained the lead. You know what? When, when that happened, I was thinking like, I was like, Oh, Craig Anderson, the ghost of Craig Anderson. Oh, was never yeah. He's had his fair share. He's playing in the outdoor game. Is it, is that going on now? Or is that's that later? happening in like 20 minutes from now, from when we're recording. Okay. So did you see that? They, he posted, they pushed a video, the NHL yeah. Twitter of him. Like that, that was great. Eh? I, I really like that. Gotta love um, Craig. He got what? Got a lot. How many? He, didn't he hit a milestone like just the other got day? Got three hundred the other day. Yeah. Good for him. To Craig. If he can, he's gonna win today. By the way, like it's oh Sabers Leafs. Like he's gonna win. The I Leafs put money on it. Need to lose after wearing that jersey. Like that mm-hmm. is. Like okay, okay, let's talk about this for a sec. A lot of people don't like the jersey. I don't like it, but I don't like it because so I don't like if it was just like the T and the blue, I'd be like okay, like they're going for like an old school classic thing, like whatever. I don't know what the like arenas <laughs> is in like it looks like it's inside out a little bit like it's like shouldn't be there but they just put it there I that one yeah. I don't understand 
I, I, mean, I get the yeah. team. Like, I get that. At this point, it's like, it's like Toronto Arenas. Like, yeah, like, what, what are you doing? I don't it's know. awful. You don't need yeah, the, I don't like it either. And it's in, like, the font, like, it's, it's like, see-through almost. Like, they don't even outline the letters properly. You can barely even tell it's there. I don't like that. Um, But I don't know. It's a whatever jersey. The Sabres jerseys are nice, I think. Mm-hmm. Sabres, they that's a good jersey. The Sabres, like most of their jerseys are quite good. I like the Royal. More recently, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) for a while. uh, Buff buff a slug. God, God, do you remember what was it? Third, like yellow and gray. Yeah, the practice jersey. Oh yeah, it looks (laughs) awful. Oh my lord. There was like the time period between like 2012 and 2016 was like such an awful era for jerseys, like everywhere really. Like, do you remember the Islanders practice jersey ones, like the orange? Yeah. With the gray, with the gray sleeves, like the un- armpit gray. Yeah, 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 that was oh, that was a brutal jersey. Oh my god! And I Did think the Habs have their awful alternates during that time too. Uh yeah, like the stripes there. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were I don't know. I'd have the, they wore those what one time ever, twice, possibly. Oh no, no. The the worst part about those is the gloves. I think the the blue, brown ones. Brown yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're made to look old and stuff, but they just look atrocious. Oh yeah, that I don't know. Whoever, yeah, that that jersey, <laughs> that jersey's is going somewhere, and it's not the Hall of Fame. I can tell you that. Yep. Um, but anyway, we're uh, we're getting sidetracked here. But yeah, they 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 did something in Arizona, which I don't really know what it was, but it happened. Um, and everyone was very much like a fever dream land. It's just like it was. It was. If if that, I don't know. If that I I <laughs> like. I kind of want to experience it again, but I also don't at all. <laughs> Like, it was, like, yeah. really just wild. Like, the whole game was crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, like, there were 13 goals in the game. You can't say you weren't entertained in a way, but. And then know. the Coyotes went and scored nine on the Red Wings. Yeah. What the And heck? then they beat the Leafs. In, which, that was a the whole most other crazy game. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob Chikrin, hardest shot of the year. <laughs> See that and goal? Then, oh, and then God. complete non-hold on him in overtime, too. No, non-hold. That no. was legal. It, yep. It was legal, yeah. guys. It's Leaf bias. It was against the Leafs, therefore. It's legal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know what? Good on the Coyotes, too, for making everybody get, you know, leaf schooly controversy incoming. So true. And that's do, huge. Do they have, like, I think since, like, 1996, they have, like, the most goals in, like, a three or four game span. Which yeah, is what, what was it? It was, like, crazy. eight against, so counted. It's eight against Ottawa. And then nine against yeah twenty three eight nine six and eight nine yeah that's right what a who would have thought eh this is the why coyotes like what yeah, this is why no one should watch this sport you no yeah. idea what happened um but anyway the uh the Sens proceeded to go to Vegas and lose to of course the people don't say enough about how Jack Eichel scores against the Sens every game like yeah he, he really does it he doesn't does. matter what team he's playing for like he with Vegas. They played a good game, man. Like Ottawa actually did not play a bad game, considering the opponent and the the, the road trip. Right, they're coming off of the weirdest game of their life against Arizona. It's one one, and of course, I don't know. That was a pretty, that was a tough call on Shabbat. That was yeah, that was a tough call on Shabbat. It's hard to I don't know. Like I get like was it that felt? the thing was that, that well the thing that I didn't like about that call is that the front like the front referee is standing right there and mm-hmm. he's looking at it five feet away and he doesn't call it. And then there's Buddy, like, three three zones back. It's like, you're not even in the play. And he's put his arm up. Like, what are you doing? Trust your guy to make the call. Who's right in front of him. I don't know. The problem is, that. like, with a lot of refereeing out, is the front guy just misses it so often. Yeah, it's true. And, the, and then the back point. guy calls it and saves it. It's just, it's... 
there's not a lot of consistency so you get stuff like that all the time which is very frustrating. yeah yeah but anyway the uh eichel scores big whoop sends lose again and so then they're like they're limping into st louis really like they are just they can't catch a break like murray's injured now too like forsberg's getting the start and then they just play the best game of the year. It makes no sense. And nothing they do makes sense. They played the best complete game that they've played. Kachuk scores, gets fired up hometown. Norris scores. Timmy scores. Can't ask for more than that. You got an empty net goal. 4-1. Forsberg makes the best save of the season. The glove save on Skarasenko. Oh, my God, yes. That was crazy. Just, like, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, they play that game. Against St. St. Louis is, like, second in their division. They're good. Like that road trip was that was the that was the most sense road trip maybe of all time. Lose every game, and some of them in like dramatically terrible fashion. And then on the last game of the trip against the hardest maybe the hardest team I guess Florida, but the hardest one of the hardest teams, and you just pull out a masterpiece for no reason. Yeah, like they they pummeled them. They destroyed. Like they didn't them. just squeak out close. a win. They they killed them. And the crowd was out of it the whole game, really. Like, they had nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, they were trying to, you know, spark back in with Country Roads, but was not enough. That's a good, honestly, that's a that's a good move by the Arena staff. Like, they do yes. that every game, I think. That's a yeah, that's yeah, huge, yeah. Like, we have DJ Prosper, which is great. If DJ Prosper put on Country Roads, has he done that? I'm sure he's done that before. I don't know. I don't, I don't recall ever. Does Ottawa have a song? No. I, we need I a song, I think we do. Dude. Like it's getting to the point where even our um, what is it like? Even our goal horn or like our goal against horn song, keeps changing too now. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that too. I don't know. We need we need a song, man. Sends DJ. Uh, isn't it just Danger Flutes? Just blast that the entire time. I'd be okay with that if that's the only Honestly. song they play all game. Like even on the stoppages, like for whistles, <laughs> it's just Danger Flutes, and everyone's like, "Why is it just this song? Like play a different song." I don't know. But that might that could be a theme night danger flutes theme night they just had star wars night just, yeah night. definitely just danger flutes. like every single thing is danger flutes everywhere I, I, people would love that uh but yeah they they beat st louis because of course they do they play seattle for the first time ever that's fun that was fun that was cool to see them when are we um, supposed to play them january yeah well we're supposed to play them in seattle in january which was right. next and now I think they're going to Seattle later in the year with the Vancouver trip too. So that makes sense. Right. I'm excited yeah, to yeah. see that rink, that climate fledge arena. I haven't really watched any games there. Mm. I've watched a couple. Um, it looks pretty nice. Yeah, it looks yeah. very nice. They, um, they, they're pretty innovative with the Jumbotron thing they're doing. Eh? Have you noticed? Yeah, that, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that'll be fun for them. Uh, Ottawa goes up three, nothing. Everyone's, everyone's happy and joyful. And then they just sends it and give up three goals in like three minutes. And then win it in overtime because that's what happens. You can tell this. exactly. Well, first of all, that OT was incredible. Yeah, great like, overtime. Geez. I agree. Like Brady with the insane back check to stop it, to prevent yeah. a two-on-one and then intercept it. Shabbat being out literally, I think, the entire time. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he got injured, too, in that overtime. And then yeah, he got did. the assist to win the game. So, well, you could tell exactly what they were like. You knew how it was going to end when we got the power play. It's like, all right, Norris, Norris. go there. <laughs> Shavon, like, stay at the top. Move it a little and watch, just try to get it to him. If you watch that power play, they're just feeding. Nor- they Shabbat yeah. passed it to Norris five times. And he didn't like, like, and that's the only play that they had. And it was just like the passes weren't great. And like Norris didn't want to shoot it. And you'd think like Seattle's like, oh, like they're going to just pass this guy again. Like you just get him. And then they just leave him, let him go again. And then he just 
rips it. He's going to score 40 one year, Josh Norris. That, that'll totally be my will. prediction. He'll the thing is, the problem with that philosophy of just completely trying to cover a guy, and teams have been trying to do this with Ovi for years, is that yeah. if you're stapling a guy to that, you're basically removing both those guys out of the equation and making it an even better chance for the other team, right? Yeah, because then it's a three-on-two instead of a Which is even three. crazier, yeah. Yeah. So there really yeah, is no well. defense to that. I, I don't know why they were playing so low though, Seattle. Like it yeah, let they were beat, like all the way tight. at the hash marks. Like, yeah, Aaron really tight. It was like watching a like a Ottawa 67's 2018-19 power play where everything was being played like, at or below the hash marks. It's ridiculous. It's a niche reference. It's really good. Oh, I've, uh, I've seen so many of those, bro. I, oh, I'm, I, I'm I still ponder the days. Now it's uh a little tougher but hey, they're doing all they're they're all right this year they're getting some wins. they should have won the other day man i ugh. oh well they're, they're so who are they going to play in the playoffs the 67s most likely hamilton? i hope not hamilton no <laughs> i hope not i think hamilton's clinched first or not clinched first sorry they've already clinched playoffs um right. 67s like are early. around yeah yeah 67s are around 500 the thing is we haven't had like we've actually held in a pretty decent amount against hamilton it hasn't really been that bad. Like we've had just recently, we've had a shootout and an OT loss to them. Granted, McTavish was injured for like part of one of those games. Keep and forgetting he's on that team. That's crazy. Well, it's because he just got traded there, right? Like yeah. pre-Olympics. And and yeah. then of course the guy who scored the shootout winner was Arbor Jacka, who the Cavs guy, who and is the Cruikshank. guy who injured Cruikshank. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so when that happened, I was just furious. But yeah, that's so that's a tough moment for Lily, but. We we digress. Uh, the sends sends it against Seattle. Everyone's happy, and then I don't know what it is about them playing Chicago, but oh my god, I don't know what that was. Like earlier in the year, Chicago was zero and nine to start the season. Oh, good thing you're playing the sends because they won like five one and it wasn't even close. Now here they come again. Okay. Ottawa revenge game. Like finally, like, Oh God, we'll avenge that. We're coming off two wins. Like everyone's feeling good. It's star Wars night. You know, like it's star Wars night. It's a good crowd. It was like 15,000, like building was packed. DJ prospers bumping. What actually, what we should say is, you know, Parker Kelly has that hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope. Con- I don't know. I haven't seen anything about Connor Murphy. Actually. I haven't uh, seen anything about that either, but apparently I saw the Bruce Garriock tweet. Apparently Kelly won't be facing any supplemental discipline. Which is a really I found a bit odd. Um, yeah, but we wish the best to Connor Murphy. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, that was very scary when it happened. I think I was kinda... driving home, so I missed it, and I don't. Yeah, think, like I I've, saw a replay. I've seen, yeah, I've seen a very brief replay, but I haven't been able to look at it too much. But yeah, like, sure, you get those kind of hits all the time, but the thing is, you really shouldn't. Yeah, like, sure, it's a hit from I, behind, right? It it really is. You're hitting a guy from behind into the boards. Like, of course, there's bound to be like. Well, like, because my thing is there's a difference between a hit from behind and, like, pinning a guy on the boards. Like, if you're pinning a guy, like, we all play, we play NHL here. Like, if we are, if you're pinning a guy, like, if you're just, like, up against him, you're pinning him to the boards, I don't have a problem with that. Like, it's a puck battle. No, because he's but already if, there and you're just holding him. You're not forcefully yeah, it, going into a collision yes, with him to ram him different. into the boards. Yeah, which that should that. never really be what you're trying to accomplish. I agree with that 100%. Parker Kelly got five in a game. I thought he would have been suspended. I, I, I'm surprised that he isn't. Yeah. Um, Connor Murphy, hopefully he's okay. And so that was like that was like two minutes into the game. Like that really kind of took the air out of the building, which is too bad because it was a great crowd. Um, and then this like, Chicago's got a five minute power play. Good thing Connor Brown is on our team because he scored. And first shorty goal. of the year. 
which seems he could have 10. I'm not even joking. He could even have the last, 10 like, shorthand. Even jewels. during the road trip, he could have had like five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like against Florida, he had like three shorthanded breakaways. I know. Of course, it's, he didn't score on any of them, but you know. Oh, yeah. Well. Connor Brown scores. And then I don't even, I don't even remember who scored the second goal. And then, like, what even, what was the second goal? For, Shabbat, Shabbat Clapper. Shabbat Bro, I, I was yeah. watching it with my dad. And as soon as they didn't clear it out and the puck was there and Shabbat started walking, I was like, oh, this is in. And then he <laughs> wired it. And my dad looked back at me like, huh? That's a great, yeah, it was a great shot by Shabbat. It was, it was a cool. snipe. It really was. The, the mood was so good. It was so good. The two nothing after the first. Oh, we period. were vibing big time. Oh, they killed off the penalty. Like great, good. Gadaby can't wait for the third. Oh, bo- or the second. I mean, holy crap! What the hell was that? They give up like three immediately. They give up three goals, and then Nick Paul quite literally just did it all on that play. And that then was scored. crazy. Great goal. Best goal he's ever scored, I think. Yeah, probably right. Can you think of a better I one? I can't like, think of a better one. No, I can think of when he's gotten really close to like, cause there's one. Yeah. Cause he does that sometimes. Like he just, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, I think you're right. That's probably his best goal. I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah. And then in classic sense fashion, the building is pumped. Everyone's energized. Everyone's vibing. We tied it. We're getting back. What was it? Seven seconds. Maybe our good friend, Josh Brown makes a questionable pinch at the center ice face off. It's a two-on-one. Josh Doris has to play D, which he's not particularly good at. Slides for some reason. And then it's a goal for, I don't even know who scored. But it's... The problem is, even if Norris does that, usually you still have your defenseman back to pressure yeah. the D-man. But yeah, I don't know why Josh Brown keeps pinching there. Like, I, it's... it seems like, and what the thing that irked me the most about it is like, he went for the pinch. The pass was made. And instead of going back, he like kept going forward to try to hit the guy mm-hmm. who had passed it like maybe two full seconds ago was not even in the play and just completely so like any hope of getting back is gone now and now you have the two on one like solidified i don't know and i yeah. i yeah. i don't it's really understand because like the thing is he's not known for his offensive ability and the thing is usually on those pinches the puck's already gone and he's just trying to get a bump like on the player yeah sure and and then he doesn't hurry really back at all that's the thing like you look at all those plays and he's just like standing coming back so I, it doesn't really seem like a, like a set play or anything because you don't really have that with any other defenseman. And why would you willingly do that with Josh Brown, who's not necessarily yeah. known for his offensive prowess? Like I don't think he scored with the Sens ever. Fair point. Oh, do you remember that game in Minnesota at the beginning of the year? And this has happened a couple games where if they're having, if the Sens have a defensive zone faceoff, Josh Brown's on the ice. He goes to the point. No, he literally does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rushes. Do you remember point. that? And like, yeah. it's happened more than once, I think. It cost us a goes... goal against uh, Tampa. Yeah, that. T- yeah, exactly. So he goes to the point, completely abandons the front of that. I don't know if that's a set player, if that's him. I don't know I think, what he's trying to accomplish. I, I haven't seen him seen it happen with any other defenseman, so I'm assuming it's him. And I don't know right. why we'd willingly be doing that with him again. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. So, I mean, maybe he'll. He there's a chance. You think he gets traded at the deadline? I don't think he will. I mean, I'm kind of hoping he does just to give other people more of an opportunity because he's probably gone at the end of the year, right? You'd think you'd hope. Well, I mean, you'd hope so in the sense that other people need to take the spot there. Like, yeah. Hopefully you, know you can mean? get JBD or uh, Thompson in. Yeah. Yeah. Or so Sanderson. Like spot. Sanderson. Yeah. Well, because we know now he's 
we he's been it's been guaranteed that he's coming over because oh you know what yeah yes exactly at dinner with him and 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 the k-train tyler clevin we should talk about that so tyler clevin (laughs) a log he's jake he plays with jake sanderson's sense pick at north dakota just got his third eject like major penalty of the year for hitting from behind so now he has to miss a playoff game right and this is coming right after he like scored the game-winning goal. <laughs> the oh, game that was a snipe. That's the thing. His shot. shot is ridiculous. Yeah, it's very good. And I was reading this article. Apparently, he's got like, like some of his teammates and his coaches were like, it's the hardest shot I've ever seen. I'm like, wow. There you go. <laughs> you know, some someone was like, oh, he's gonna be the next. You know, Sens finally got their chara. I'm like, okay, pump the brakes. Yeah, so, I was gonna say <laughs> I saw that and I was like, ah, okay, that that's a little much. I don't expect him. To... <laughs> Let's yeah, come no. on. Second round pick. Let's... But that's this is the thing. Listen, like we've like especially with the kind of draft trends we've been having recently, like Ridley Gregg. I I haven't seen as many Ridley Gregg suspensions recently, which is nice. Tony's learning. Don't but like just given the type of player we keep drafting, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna need a good PK over the next couple of years. That's why you keep Formington and Brown and Yep. I don't know. Pinto. Yeah, we'll we'll see. That'll be interesting. Um but yeah, so that's that's what the Sens have been up to in the last week, week or so. A lot of up and down, with probably more down than up, um, which is, I mean, that's kind of been the story of the season, really. I think that a couple of things that have emerged is this Murray injury thing is getting on a lot of people's nerves. And yeah. correct me, I, I think I saw this is like the seventh time that he's been on IR since he's been on the Sens in like a year and a couple months right like Mm -hmm. that's pretty it's pretty crazy and you know when he because he's had his moments this year where he's been good and people have been like oh you know like matt murray's like finally finding his game and he had that really good run in like january and everyone was getting psyched about it and then you know he has a bad game gets hurt anton forsberg has been really good lately and people are kind of questioning like should they trade him is he on the block like a team would totally take him no question at this point, right? Like it, the Leafs are in shambles in net right now, really. Like, do you think they're looking at Anton Forsberg down the road? Probably so cheap price. He's got like what a nine thirty since January. They're like, oh yeah, I want him. Third round. He's pick, like, sure, why not? I I haven't checked since last night, but before that, he was like top ten in the league and goal saved above expected. And yeah. that's that's like not even per game or per sixty. So the fact that he's he's doing built this it up. with like. Maybe not backup minutes, but like one B minutes. Yeah, fringe starter minutes. Yeah, yeah. Is is pretty surprising. It's <laughs> like, remarkable. I, I don't think any any of us really expected this. And like it's it's just nice to have actual good goaltending until I mean some of the last few games it's been I wouldn't say just bad goaltending, but just so many goals against like Murray's save percentage plummeted from like a nine twenty to a nine oh five. In like four after, games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. But it's yeah, been, it's I, been a struggle the last couple of weeks. Sure. I agree with Murray though. It's it's getting to the point where this is just this is getting frustrating because apparently like, it's a neck injury and he's going to be out for quote unquote a while. Yeah. So I think you want to cheer for him, and like mm-hmm. I do cheer. Like obviously I cheer for him, but it's so frustrating. Like it's really hard to back a guy who's so in and out and so inconsistent. And it's not like it's not his fault that he's getting injured, but it's like man, like give me a break, seriously. And and that's just frustrating. But I think. You know, Forsberg trade rumors are coming out, and what seems to be the consensus, I think Bruce Garriock and and some of the other guys, and Dorian said this too, like they're probably going to keep Forsberg for the, at least the rest of the year. And 
originally I was not on board with that. I was a big advocate of he's playing the best hockey of his life. Trade him while the value is at peak, right? Right at the trade deadline. Like it's perfect. But if Murray's going to get injured like this all the time and you have this guy's play, he's playing really well. He really is. Maybe like Seattle and, and Chicago were not great games for him. Let's be honest. But besides that, he's been playing really well. Next year, Gustafson's on a one way. Like, what are you doing with Murray at, at this point becomes the question. Like, I feel like the narrative has shifted between what are you doing with Forsberg and now what are you doing with Murray, right? Would you agree with that? Or, or Yeah, you... no, I totally agree. And I, on in terms of Forsberg, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not really sure what, what to move, how to move forward here because on one hand, it's like, yeah, if Murray's going to keep being injured, I totally agree we should keep Forsberg. But then again, goalies will be goalies. Yeah. They will, it will always be a shit show trying to predict like how one is going to improve or stay or decrease from one year to the next. And I mean, we've seen this before. We've, especially since Forsberg needs a contract, we've been in this Hammond Condon scenario before. Yeah, like, exactly. We can't, we can't give him a big that. deal whatsoever. Like ideally just one year. Two max. I, I, yeah, two max. Exactly. So the thing is you still have Murray for two years. You have Gus mm-hmm. on a one way. Um, I don't know if anybody's really, getting ready in the minors like i guess sogard's still a couple years away same for maryland easy just got a big injury i think yeah which kind of sucks but that that's the thing like i don't i i don't know what to do with forwards but at this point i feel like yeah i think you just do keep him um can't are you technically still allowed to have three goalies on your main roster Ooh, i don't know well, have they, have they been doing that at some point this year? Like, have they had Murray, Forsberg, and Gustafson all up at once without one of them being injured? I'm sure they must have. Like, they've been, the rotation has been like, it's been a carousel. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. they've all found themselves. And if you are, that's, that's just what you should roll with, right? Yeah. Like, screw, like, obviously, it, like, it, it seems like a much better option to do that than to have one extra scratch skater, right? Yeah, I agree. The thing that I'm scared about, though, is if you do keep Forsberg and, I think, Bruce said this, like Bruce Garriock said this at one of the intermissions, is if they might look like they might look to trade Gus if they do keep Forsberg. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I yeah, don't think they should do at that all. at all. I mean, look, you're not even you're not even really giving him a chance, I feel like. Like they said, you know, I think DJ said like we gotta get Gustafson in at some point. Like he's probably gonna play tomorrow against Arizona, Monday against Arizona. So that's nice. a I, that's a big start for him. Like he hasn't played in a while, like this is a big start for him. Gotta shut down Nick Schmaltz. It got to shut down Knicks with seven points in a game, of course, against the Sens. But I I think you can't trade him yet. Like, you cannot justify that. You have to see it through on his year with a one-way. Like, you have to let him give it a shot. Because you don't know what you – like, you don't really know what you have yet. Like, he was good last year when he played. And then this year, he's had, like, you know, a bit of a – he's had his shaky moments this year. Give him a year of, like, letting him either be the consistent backup or, like, a fringe starter. Like, no more up and down. Like, put him in Ottawa for a whole year and see what you have. And then after next year, maybe even by the trade deadline, if you don't like it, then you can make your decision. But you have to let him play the year, at least, like, yeah. most of next year. Especially since at that point, you'll have an even better idea of what you have in Marilina and Mandalay Sogard. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. We've been drafting a ton of goalies because that's the thing. It, it's They're kind of random. You don't really know what what you're getting a lot, like, so, from a lot of What do we always say on this podcast, Lewis? What do we always Goalies say? are voodoo. Goalies are voodoo. So, yeah, again, I very much disagree with that. And I'm probably a little biased because Gustafson is one of my favorite players in the org. So I'd, I'd rather us not trade him. But Fair. I feel like just reasonably, it's 
probably not the move to go for. And again, they're saying they're keeping Gustafson past the trade deadline. That doesn't even guarantee that they're going to sign him, right? Well, sign, what do you mean? Well, he's, he's on contract next year. Wait, he is? Gustafson? Oh, sorry. I meant Forsberg. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I meant <Yes>. Forsberg. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yes, there's no guarantee yeah. that they're going to sign him next year at all. Um, I think they, they should for a year. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I, I totally that. agree that they should. But the thing is, all that they've done is they've indicated that they're they're going to keep them, but haven't really yeah. confirmed whether. Because I guess I it does depend contract situation. But. I think they're going to use this last, whatever, 30 games after the deadline as like a bit of a, like a second tryout for him to see if they if he's worth sticking around. Like, obviously, he's had a great overall. He's had a really good year in like just in if you put everything together so far this year, which is great. And I think they just want to see if he can see it through to the end of the year. And if they can, then that's going to, you know, if he can, then that's going to give them a, a pretty big incentive to try to get him signed just because you have that good goalie in your org, um, especially with how inconsistent everything has been with Murray. I would be okay with that too. And you don't really know what Gustafson's going to look like. And I mean, Dorian said it well, like three days ago, he says, we're going to make the playoffs next year or we're going to, that's, that's their goal. goal. Yeah. So if that's your goal, you better have a couple goalies that can get you there. And if Murray's yes. not one of them, and maybe even Gustafson's not one of them. Well, then you have Forsberg. Like, that's why Forsberg is good. He's so versatile, and he's, like, just there when you need him, right? So if you're trying to be a playoff team next year, and I hope they I hope they are, uh, I think Forsberg sticking around would, would be a smart move. Totally agree. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, what did Dario say? They say? He said we still need another top 4D and a top 6 forward. And he said that I Sanderson think, could yeah. be that top 4, but he could even be a top 2. Okay. Like, even after Sanderson, you still need another top four guy. I want to say this about Sanderson, because this has been bugging me for a while. And I don't, I'm, I don't know. If I've said this on a, different, on a different episode, stop me, because I won't go on another tangent. I've been talking about this with my roommates for, like, like every day the last two weeks. If you have not heard of Jake Sanderson before, like, if you're just a, you know, a casual fan or not even a hockey fan, and you heard how... <laughs> Pierre yep. Dorian and the organization has talked about him. You'd think he's in the Hall of Fame. And he hasn't even played a game yet. Like, I yeah. know that he's going to be, they want him, like, they think he's going to be good. And he was a high pick. And he probably will be. Really, he's doing really well at college right now. I totally agree. Yeah. But I don't, like, I don't feel like they're doing this right in the sense that they are putting such high expectations on this kid. Like, they're essentially putting their whole rebuild on this player, right? Like, they're like, if this doesn't work, we're screwed. You don't have your top 4D. Like, your pairs are messed up if he doesn't work out. And trust me, like, I think he's really good, too. Like, I really think he's going to work out. But it's just, like, every time that Dorian or someone else talks about him, it's like, oh, this kid's going to be, like, a game changer. Like, wait for this kid. Like, he's going to be insane. How much pressure are you putting on this guy's, like, 20 years old? Like, give him a break. Like, they didn't even really do this with, with Stutzel, if I'm remembering Yeah, I was just like, about he, to say, yeah. He, just, he came in, they were like, oh, he's going to be good. Like, he was a really high pick. Like, we're really excited for him. That's perfect. That's all you have to say. And now with every time there's a media availability, even DJ has said it sometimes, I think, where it's just like, like – Oh, you know, wait for Jake. Like Jake's gonna come in right, like right after college. He's gonna come in and he's gonna be an impact player. Like, don't say that. <laughs> don't put those expectations on him. Like, let him feel it out first. If he goes down to the AHL, everyone's gonna freak out. But it's not the end of the world. And they, it's, especially given know. the entire fan base has just been echoing that same thing, right? 
They're well, basically locking they're him down to the top though. two role. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not not it's not the fan base's fault that they are being relayed this information by the org. Like the organization is essentially telling everybody to have such high expectations for this player. And if he, I don't know, if he crashes and burns, like that's gonna look so bad. And I don't want that to happen at all. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm and I don't think it will. That. Like, I don't think the odds of that are pretty low. Yeah. I think, but yes, I I agree with that. But it's just the whole prospect of like you're marketing him in this way the prospect of a prospect thank you like you're marketing him this way it's like you're you're giving yourself essentially a disadvantage in a way like i don't know i maybe i'm just talking out of my ass but it's been bugging me for a while how they're handling that so. no i agree i i do think the the hype has been well, i don't want to say the hype has been blown out of pro- pro- proportion but i, well, I do think it think, yeah. has in a way yeah but i feel like saying yeah the expectations are maybe a little too high is probably a little more adequate yeah like i my personal expectations are that he's gonna come in and he's you know maybe for the rest like when's he gonna get here like with 20 games left 25 games left um it depends what und does but i think their playoffs end on april 7th or 9th okay let's let's call it 20 games right just maybe 15 when does the season end like end of april yeah. Does that April April twenty eighth may be the last game. Hold on. Does that include Frozen Four? I don't even know. Are they gonna make that? Maybe. Possibly. Uh yeah, no, that ends on April 9th. Okay. So April okay. 9th is the latest that his season will end. Okay. Let's call it fifteen games, twenty games, fifteen games that Jake Sanderson's gonna get to in Ottawa. I think he's gonna get here. I think that he's gonna get partnered with someone who the Sens claim to be a defensive defenseman, which might be so either Zub, Holden Sanderson. Uh, it might be, it might be, you know, it might be Holden, it might be Zaitsev. It might be Josh Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Like people have kind of penciled in, like Jake Sanderson plays the left side, right? So like people have kind of penciled in the fact that it's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, it's Sanderson and Branstrom or Sanderson and Zub, which I would love. That would be great. But knowing what the Sens have done, like look who Branstrom has played with when he was coming up, like in his first few pairs, yeah. he was playing with Zaitsev and Josh Brown. He still plays with Josh Brown. I think Sanderson's going to play with Josh Brown or Zaitsev to start. I really do. And I the think f- it's going to set, it's going to really set a lot of people off. And I think, you know, it's going to kind of drive up anxiety, but that's just how it's going to start. I, I honestly feel like that's how they're going to do it. Cause they've done it with every other, seemingly every other deep prospect that they've had. The promising thing that I will say is that like, I've been looking at it recently. Josh Brown, like, is still not getting a crazy amount of ice time, like, at all. Like, as yep. much as, like, some of us make it out to be. Yeah. Because, um, like, you'll see Branstrom, and Branstrom's playing a ton of shift with Shabbat recently, right? Like, mm-hmm. and he's playing the right side on the top pair. So, maybe, now this is this is very, very much, like, dreaming. But, like, I'm just saying, a top four of Shabbat, Branstrom, and then Sanderson, Zub, and then you got Holden Zaitsev as your third pair because Josh Brown gets traded or whatever at the deadline or he's healthy scratched yeah like that's already a big improvement but it is. yeah again i don't know if that's what we do it i think it's going to be a little just of mixing and matching i yeah I, maybe with zoob that would be interesting yeah i don't know then you can play shabbat with kind of anyone so you want like a lot of people have been liking you know have been hinting towards shabbat and Baranstrom. i know like you and josh and even like me for a, a while i was like a big like we were all big Baranstrom guys Man, I like I hate to say it, but he's been bad lately. Like he hasn't been great, in my opinion. In the last like month or so, 
he, I feel like his performance has fallen off a lot. Like you, I don't know. I, I like, I don't, I'm, you're a bigger stats guy than me. Like I still do that stuff, but not as much as you, but I'm just like watching him play. Like, I don't know, like the defensive zone stuff is just not like, he doesn't win a puck battle ever. I haven't seen him win a puck battle in ages. Like he's just getting, and I, I get like his, his skill set is like, is, is, is skating and his playmaking and his passing and all that stuff is, is to an extent still there, but I just can't look past how he's just getting like bulldozed in, in the D zone really almost all the time. And I want him to be good because I think he's got a lot like him on the, on the, you know, quarterback and the power play, like totally go for that. Like I am a hundred percent. Oh yeah. That. Like, like even put him on the first year sometimes, man. Like, geez. yeah, totally. I like, he's, I, I don't know. I'd like, he's got to get a bit stronger. Like, I know people hate that. Like, it's like, <clears throat> oh, it's like grit and intangibles and stuff. But like, I really, like, I honestly think he's got to get like physically stronger if he wants to be effective in the defensive zone. Like, honestly, he's getting just run over by guys. He doesn't win up. Like, he, I don't know. I don't know if that's only me who's seeing that. No, no, no. Like, I, 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 I see what you're saying. And like, a lot of people echo that sentiment completely. And the thing that I will say that's good is, he's still getting the ice time, right? Like he's yeah, still getting sure. a chance to prove himself. He's getting consistent ice time, which is what we've been clamoring yeah, for this whole time. Totally. So I that it's an improvement in that sense. And hopefully he'll, you know, keep getting better. He's got a big summer. He, yeah, yeah. He needs to, like, he's going to have to go pretty hard, I think, in the summer to train. I mean, we're going to have so hope... many options next year for like the bottom yeah. four. Yeah, so. I mean, you got JBD, Thompson are probably both somewhat ready to come up. Maybe a I signing, say. like... Maybe signing. Maybe Del Zotto. Yeah. Dude, what are they going to do with him, man? He's just, he's, I saw a chart. I saw a chart the other day. I'm going to try to find it again because I want to see just who posted it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right here. It was, it was uh, Jacob Stoller. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love his player cards. Yeah. Yeah. His AHL great stuff. cards. He posts Michael Del Zotto's AHL player card. His game score, 100%. Goals, 100 percentile. Assists, 100 percentile. Shot on goal, 99 percentile. He's the best defenseman in the AHL. It's not even close. Yeah. He's been unreal. It's so not like, like he's just getting production. It's literally like if you look at his, what was his expected goal share uh, percentile, if you still have it open? Oh, I'll, I'll go back. Get okay, it. well, the point is, it's also really, like he's also yeah, play 80, driving. 87% and then yeah, 96% like, Corsi 4 percentile. <laughs> it's nuts. I, it's kind of crazy that we haven't brought him back up at this point. Well, like, I don't know. I, I was thinking of it the other day. Like, he's going to, he would hate this, obviously. But man, how good would he be for them in the playoffs, Belleville? Well, I think that's the, that's the idea right now is they, they're keeping him for a Belleville playoff run, but I don't know if Belleville's good enough for that right now. I guess yeah. maybe they, they're just expecting once Crookshank comes back, the team automatically gets insane. But are they in the, what's their status right now? Are they close to, are they in the playoffs or no? I think they're like barely 500. Like, I have not been keeping track of the record that much. Well, I still get the notifications. They, here's the, but... Okay, there's the other thing. You want to talk about PR with the org. There have been, like, every time that there's a media availability, it's whoever's talking is like, oh, we're sending these guys down for the Belleville playoff run. Like, you'd think that they're already in the playoffs by the way that they've been talking about okay, no, that they're better AHL than I team. thought. They're 27, 22, and 1. So are they in the playoff? Are they in a spot right now or no? Uh, I'm assuming it's top four for each div. So, yeah, it is. they're third. They're... Oh, are they? They're bare. Oh, well, I mean, they're basically I they're basically tied with Laval for fourth, for third. And okay, fourth. so let, although I mean, Rochester is right behind them, so yeah, it's gonna be close. It'll be close. It's gonna be really close. I don't know. I I think that I honestly think that team needs to go in the needs to get on a playoff run. They they have they been in the playoffs ever, Belleville? 
I don't think so. That's a good point. I don't think they have. And I think their window's gone <laughs> completely like, for winning well, they anything. They Formanton, Norris. Well, that's that was the COVID thing. Yeah. They, that team would have won the Caller Cup, maybe. Yeah, dude. I... Uh, yeah. They need, Everything that's they, lost that, from that. The people, uh... like, Belleville deserves a playoff run. They do. I, I'd the be okay with deserved a Memorial Cup, but that's another thing. Mm. Let's, we're getting sidetracked. Let's end the episode here. We're probably already over time. So let's uh, let's call it at that. Covered a lot of stuff. It was it's good to be back. Hopefully on a more consistent schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully Josh will join us next time. Maybe we'll have a trade deadline trio. thing going. Who knows? We'll have a trade deadline thing going. That's soon, eh? What's that? A week? Week and a day? Literally, Literally yeah, like eight this? days from now. It's exciting. So it's, I mean, people are saying it'll be quiet, but we will. Uh, I don't. I never trust the GM's word to the public media. So we will see. How that goes. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. We hope to see you again next time and have a good rest of your day. Take care, everybody.